Hello, lovers. Welcome to You Gotta Love It, the show where you tell us and the rest of the world the things that you love that we might have missed, the show where you come to discover the best things you never knew existed, and the show where you force us to sit through the worst entertainment you can find and say, well, you gotta love it. I, it's like rolling off the tongue now. So my name Nailed is, it. My name is Koji. I am a part-time Christmas elf and full-time Bennett Slater impersonator at this point. Mm, because I just, you have your devilishly charming haircut that you just got? Yeah, I just got my haircut and I asked for the full Bennett Slater apparently because that's what I got. Looks great. Yeah. Shout out to Bennett Slater. You yeah. Great hair. B Slates. No one calls him that. <laughs> <laughs> With me, as always, uh, is my good friend and Nui Blanche live art coordinator or something along those lines. That'll do. Andrew Patterson. Yeah. That'll do, pig. What's up? That'll this do. This is the, uh, I wish I had my notes in front of me. I don't, but this episode is, I had a very clever name for it. It wasn't a clever name. It was more of a. Oh, wait. I got those. Hold a on. really long-winded. So I, I don't know how many of you guys notice uh, but each time we do an episode and it's put out, the titles are a mashup of the film titles. So this episode is going to be called episode 33, the feverish Fellini food fight fiasco, <laughs> AKA Fellini fight, AKA nightmare fuel, AKA <laughs> all herky jerky, everything, AKA begging for a Bay break, AKA Michael Bay, AKA this episode makes everything that preceded it roses. That pretty much sums up my feelings on both films that we watched. Just a feverish. I felt like I was in the throes of like some sort of fucking, like I was on a ship going through a river in the jungle somewhere and I had been like bitten by a mosquito and I was, somebody was like, Hey, watch these movies. It was horrible. It was, <laughs> it was, I, my, the, this is probably the one that's going to be the most difficult for me to like find Oh, the new, not the new bar, but just, I mean, both movies, because normally we have one movie where you're like, oh, this had things that weren't so bad. That was the, you got to love it. And then the other movie is a hidden gem and we're like, oh, it's pretty sick. Or it was like, it was good. Yeah. This one to me was like literally back to back. Keep in mind that I watched Food Fight immediately after watching the uh, presidential debate. So I was already just like kind of bullshitted out. Like I was like, that was funny slash depressing. Sure. So, you know, anyway. Yeah. I'm just trying to paint a picture of what my frame of mind was going into food fight. And then I was like, oh, at least I can look forward to a Criterion collection film that's been said in some circles to be one of the 10 greatest films ever made. And I was like, this is going to be fucking great. And it's about what Greek Greek or Roman uh, mythology. Well, not so much mythology as like a story. Yeah. I mean, I think it's just about um, Greek, Greco-Roman life. Yeah. But it's almost like, didn't the, didn't the trailer say like before there was Christ, there was... Uh, Satyricon or something? Wasn't I think this... it said Fellini, wasn't it? Didn't it say? <laughs> but didn't this like predate? It's supposed to predate Jesus. I don't know. I yeah, I don't remember. Anyway, so uh, yeah, yeah. Food fight 
was wild and I became obsessed with it. But before we talk about that, let's let's talk about uh, Fellini's Satyricon. And I think we have differing opinions on this movie. Yeah, big time. Because I also, it was hard to watch. It was like something that I had to reckon with and not hard to watch in the like Antichrist way. Just like, I was like the entire time I was thinking to myself, what the fuck is going on here? Yeah, it was losing my attention consistently. Like I had to dedicate myself to watching it because like every five to 10 minutes, I'd be like, okay, checking out, done with this fucking dinner scene. Okay, checking out, done with this whatever the fuck is happening well, now. It's also really weird because the subtitles only apply to the main dialogue points in the film. Yeah. So like when, when like they'd be passing somebody on the street and someone would yell something out, they wouldn't subtitle it. Right. So but like it was weird. Okay. So here's what I was saying earlier is that, okay, hold on before, before we get into the movie. <laughs> yeah. Let's just really quickly. The movie follows this guy who's kind of like a tramp for lack of a better term, who just kind of runs around and it's him and his buddy. It starts off his like frenemy has like sold his slave boy to somebody. Yeah. And the slave boy is also his, his like love, like mm -hmm. his love interest in the film or whatever. And even after he goes and rescues the kid from this weird actor character, the boy is like him and his friend have a fight and the slave is like, no, I'd rather go with your friend. And he's heartbroken. And then there's an earthquake. And then all of a sudden, he's at this like society, this like dinner on this like rich guy's uh, mm -hmm. thing. Anyway, it's about this, this like journey scamp who, who like just experiences all these walks of life because he just gets tossed around wherever the wind takes him. Mm -hmm. And it basically portrays all young people as like bisexual hoe bags. Basically they just fuck anyone at all times <laughs> is really what yeah. happens. And not just the guys, the girls too. It's, yeah. it's pretty weird. Anyway. Uh, yeah. Let's, it's, let's talk about it. So let's get this into is it. Also, this is also kind of about the film though. Yeah. Um, the preface. So like what I was going to say is, um, I remember, like, you know, I own a couple films that are, like, Criterion Collection films, but I remember, in particular, when I was in school, there's, like, people, uh, you know, I went to school for a type of film, mm -hmm. but, like, there's lots of people where that's, like, the highest, that's, like, as a record collector, you know, like, you have, like, some fucking sweet-ass, you know, rare gem that nobody else has. Yeah. Even though... Criterion Collection movies weren't like particularly hard to come by. It was just kind of like if you had that edition, that was like the fucking shit. And there were right. like people that were like, oh, I have the Criterion. Like I have every one of them or I have like all of this director's works. Yeah, yeah. But there's like a certain prestige that like goes along with Criterion Collection films in theory. But what I have found is like, uh, and I was saying this to you earlier, like when I go to like an art gallery, yeah. like a major art gallery, I feel like... I don't feel out of place. Like, I don't feel like I'm like an art snob or something, but you know, I can like, I will put in time and like look at things and try to like kind of understand why something is significant and sure. also like why, what I feel about it. And I feel like Criterion Collection, there's like this certain, like, it's almost like it's a prerequisite that all the films they have are like that as well. But I would say that I haven't seen a ton of them, but of like, I'd say like 60, a good 60% of the films I've seen, Criterion Collection films, I'm just like, what the fuck yeah. is this shit? Like, 
it it's like it's like the art for the like it makes me think that all of the people that work at Criterion are like the people that you would the last people that you would want to interact with at any sort of like <laughs> so you know like they're just like oh like you just don't understand you're, you're like you're goddamn right like I and this film I was watching and I was like what okay the fuck? my initial reaction was that yeah right and I was kind of trolling you. Because I know that you didn't watch it all the way to the end mm-hmm. for various reasons. One being it's hard to watch. The Number two being time Scheduling. constraints. Yeah. But... I tried. Yeah, yeah. But... And I was like, oh, don't worry. It explains itself in the end. It doesn't. Okay. Uh, I was just kind of trolling you. There's, there's also a scene where uh, a woman births fire out of her vagina. I didn't get that far. Which is... That's uh, right near the end. Which is kind of cool. But anyway... So let's talk about the things that we liked. Well, well, I mean, no, this is the hidden gem, right? So we can just talk about any of it. But okay. what what I'm going to say is my initial reaction to the film was the same as yours. Like, what the fuck is this? Well, but, but, but the more that I think about it and like the more that like I had to reckon with it kind of, I'm like, wait, no, it was good. And the reason why I say that is because it... What it does to like the Greco-Roman times, there's a lot of movies that take place mm-hmm. in those times. Gladiator, uh, you mentioned Ben-Hur. Mm-hmm. I mean, people, I've seen the show Spartacus, mm-hmm. whatever, I could go on. But the one thing that it does is like, it. all those movies kind of, even though they make the time seem hard and dirty and whatever, there's still like a romantic notion of that. And I feel like this movie is the opposite. It's like the entire thing is just like dark and grimy and like people's lives, even the, even like the, the wealthiest people by today's comparisons, they're like, life is shit. Yeah. Like even when they go to that guy's dinner. Okay. And he's like, look, Oh, I, I own land in Pompeii. Oh, like I own land here and there. Like he just has, he's like one of the richest guys ever. But like, he's just, you know, presiding over this party and people are just laughing and eating and like throwing food at each other. And it just seems like madness. Like there's just, and he's like, ah, fuck this guy. Like kill him. Yeah. He sucks. Like he doesn't even know how to roast a pig. Right. Hmm. And then they crack open the pig and it's just like a feast in there and everyone's just laughing like, ah, right. And they're like, okay, you don't have to die. But then, uh, a philosopher or, or a poet calls him out for being like a, uh, um, what's a the word? Well, a douche, a but phony. Uh, what's it? A plagiarist calls right. him out for being a plagiarist, and the guy's like, "Nope, it's my house. <laughs> I, I, I make the poetry, and just what murders that guy or something." No, he sends him down to the furnace where like he's like he's like, "Okay, my slaves, go take them to the big furnace in the kitchen and torture them." Right. And he gets like beat up and roughed up. I think he does eventually die when they're crossing the desert for some reason. They're, they like, pour the oil desert. on him, but he doesn't die. Oh, does he come back later? Oh, you didn't get that far where he like the He passes on the power of poetry to the main character. But right. I thought that was like his dying breath. Were you so at the point the where the, the main character is like dick doesn't work anymore? I was at the point where the point that I remember being at. Do you see him fight the Minotaur? No. Oh. It was like he was, it was like him and his buddy were in that like abandoned house with that slave girl. 
Okay. Okay. That they just like found. Who yeah. was just like having sex with both of them or whatever. And that guy killed himself. Yeah. The guy who owned the house. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, the, mo- <laughs> the movie is just like super weird, super weird. And mm-hmm. like the scenes don't seem to connect to one another very well. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah, but I think that's intentional. No, it is intentional. Like, but you could kind of put them in almost any order. And I normally don't like films like that. But in this case, it just seemed like um, it's kind of like episodic. Yeah, it's a bunch of stories. They even describe it as being nine separate stories or whatever mm. of his from his life. Yeah. But like, here's the thing. So the beginning of the movie, I was like, okay, I can get it. I can get into this when it opens with him like doing like the monologue kind of to nobody in general in front of that like graffiti covered wall. Yeah. And then like it's just this bizarre, unimaginably vast sets, which was something I loved. Like, yeah, yeah. The production in it was like really cool, especially for the time. It's very striking, very different. When they're dragging that like statue head down the street. When they're dragging the statue head down the street. What is this? Yeah. There's like, even the makeup and stuff is creepy, but I like, I liked it. There's a lot of instances where there's characters that were like painted to look as though they were paintings almost. Like they would be in a scene, but then like, if the light hit them right or they looked a certain way, they would look exactly like, like their makeup made them look exactly like a painting. Right. And it's not that I, it was just weird. So, you know, like at the beginning he gives a speech and then he gets in the fight with his buddy. Yeah. On those stairs. And then after he goes to the actor, right. To buy his slave back or whatever, they walk through that famous brothel or whatever it was. Sure. And it's like, that scene is like, like 15 minutes long of like just debauchery but not even just debauchery like it to me it wasn't like i identified immediately what was happening like by the end of it i was like okay i guess there's like all these different rooms of like everything you can imagine but it's literally just like it still feels like it's the beginning of the movie and it's just this overwhelming cacophony of like sound and crazy people and like weird jump cuts and yeah, shots. And it it like almost makes no like, sense. Yeah. And I was just like, it was one of those situations where it's like, man, I just feel like almost like butter me up a bit. Like it just, I just, it caught me so off guard. Yeah. Butter me up a bit first before I, you just fucking, because now watching this again, maybe not considering the context or ever just watching it as a film. Right. I wasn't committed enough to be like, I mean, I was cause of right. having to watch it and, you know, but it was sort of like looking at it. I was just like, fuck this. Like, fuck you. Like, I don't, this is bullshit. Like why, why am I sitting through this at this point in this movie? You know what? I, I, that's how I, again, that's how I felt when I first saw it. But now looking back on the whole thing, I feel like it sets the tone for like how fucked up life was. And I, I kept going back to like, this is the time before Christ. And I think maybe the idea is that like Christ civilized us as a rate or like as humans, Mm. you know, but before that it was just like anything goes madness. Mm -hmm. And so that's what I thought the, the film kind of depicted was just like this, like BC, just absolute nonsense, you know? And so the, the crazier it got, the more it was like, to me, the idea that like, okay, somehow through all this like insanity, we've now become like, civilized mm-hmm. right whereas before just like all this weird shit happened and there's Enter like presidential debate true 
but there's there's all, all these scenes with like almost magic and witchcraft and not 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 magic and witchcraft is not the right w- term for it but like folklore and there's there's a story about um because it's just stories so there's a story about a a a girl who um sees this old man and the old man's like you are the the most beautiful thing i've ever laid eyes on mm-hmm. right and she's like thanking him profusely and she's like come up to my tower and and they've got like this crude elevator system with like pulleys and stuff and it turns out that she's just fucking with him and she like pulls him halfway up and then just leaves him sitting there. So he loses his shit, takes fire away from the entire continent. Like so that no one can make fire. And like, was he a God? He's like a, a magician hmm. and, and people are begging him like bring fire back, bring fire back. He's like, I never took it away. I just left it between her legs. And, and she, there, then it cuts to a scene of her like lying on a bed um, and people are walking up with like torches and she's like birthing fire onto the torches, but it's still just a, like a, a story that somebody's telling the main character. It like doesn't actually happen, but he has to seek out this woman because now she's like a voodoo master so that she can make his, his penis work again. Cause it stops working at a point. It's so weird. It's so weird. Like, I'm not saying that I'm not even going to give it another chance or something. Cause like it de- you make a lot of interesting points. It just was like, Another example of, like, the way I was looking at it is, I'll be honest, also this, just my frame of mind. Like, I was really, like, you know, I will say, I was trying to fit this. a lot in this week. I was tired. I probably wasn't in the best state to be watching it. But, like, remember how we were talking about Antichrist? We were like, it's a good film, but, like, why? Yeah. That's kind of how I felt about this. I was like, I could probably figure out if I could, you know, put some time in, like, be like, okay, cool. Like, I see what's being said. But, like, there was just so much. Because the the little research I did about this film, yeah, it said that he was actively, or the rumor is in a lot of cases, he was actively doing things to, you know, um, repulse and disturb and like kind of like throw people off their game, which maybe at the time, may you know, was like this like avant-garde statement, like, but like yeah. for me now is just like why. It's like exactly what we're talking about with like the Lars von Trier. I was like, okay, it's, like, it's not I get near, it. It's not nearly as bad as well, Lars von Trier. It's a different Trier. thing. It's not and, like and what so I, cold and real feeling. It's what just what like, I would say is like th- this movie is art, not entertainment. Mm. And you, I, okay, Antichrist is a movie that I w- I would say no one needs to see that ever. Mm-hmm. Like it just doesn't need to be watched. Mm-hmm. Great, like beautifully made film mm. but i don't know why it exists okay this film i can understand why it exists but you have to go into it knowing that it's not entertainment yeah it's, which i didn't it's no. art well neither I did i i went into it being like even based on the trailer i was like oh this is gonna be like a cool like mythological you know with a very 2016 state of mind just like yeah it, t- it took me more than a day to digest this you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, at, even after watching it, I, like, had to reckon with it. And the only reason, like, on first pass, I was like, fuck that movie. If we weren't going to sit down here and talk about it, I wouldn't have thought about it again. And I would have been like, fuck that. Get out. But the more I, I started, like, the gears started turning, I was like, oh, I, I see. The art is amazing for it, by I, the way. I see. That, like, the just, cover? The Criterion cover yeah. for it is sick. That one scene, though, where, where they're at that dinner, mm-hmm. and... You know, he's just like laughing 
and like well there's there'll be random like shots like cut in, in intercut into the middle of somebody talking of just somebody like laughing directly at the camera yeah it's like just you're like, just like what with like f- crazy eyes and then yeah. they go to that guy's funeral for some reason it's a fake funeral yeah that's just like the additional that's just like driving home how fucking you know self-involved like this guy's like okay this is what it would be like so i want you all to like mourn me yeah while i'm still alive i'm gonna pretend to be dead like give me your earrings give me like yeah and all these like hangers on anyway it's just it's it's yeah. it's yeah i mean the more i talk about it i'm like okay maybe but, but it's just, that's what i mean though right like the, it's not a movie that when you watch it you're gonna be like that was a great movie yeah no you're not and only <laughs> if you focus on it and like have to like try to deal with it you're like it let me put it this way it's good in retrospect yeah you know it's a think piece <laughs> while it's happening you're like why am i doing this yeah at one point my roommate came out and she was just like what because like she was just like in a room like the door was just open and yeah. she just came out and she was like what are you watching out here because like the sound of like the first 25 just like minutes, people yelling and yeah like- and like obviously it's a foreign like it's in italian yeah because like, like another language and occasionally the subtitle will just say vulgar latin and it just sounds like gibberish like yeah. and there's just scream and like the music is like cling 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 and there's like people over top just going like yelling and stuff that's totally accurate though she she like came out and i was like oh it's uh fellini satiricon and she was just like oh and i was like yeah it's it's fuel it's gonna be fueling my nightmares for like like i legitimately was watching it feeling like this shit is gonna come back like i'm gonna be I, you know, like I don't often remember my dreams, but this has got enough imagery in it that's just bizarre. Think of the flying monkeys from Wizard of Oz, except not fun at Ima- all. Yeah. Imagine kind of like 12 monkeys asylum vibe. Yeah. 100% of the time. <laughs> but like also kind of always feels like a stage play. Yeah. Well, because it opens with that monologue. Yeah. But even throughout, it felt like the, the way the shots, like the characters speak, like it's not always like... Uh, I'm, there's probably dozens of actual terms used to describe this style of filmmaking. Okay. But like it's, there's no, there's no conversation where you're like, Oh, this feels like a normal conversation. It will be like, somebody will say something and then it will cut. And the person will like, like turn and look for, in a for, direction and then speak in that direction as if there's like an audience. So here's what's, there's a scene that you didn't get to. That's just like super fucking weird. So, the main character wakes up to find himself being pushed down a hill into a maze. Right before he gets in the maze, somebody hands him a torch and a glove with like nails in it. And they're like, defeat the Minotaur. And he's running through this maze. And there's this guy with like a leather Minotaur mask on, like chasing him with a club. And while he's doing it, there's people like all around the maze, not around the maze, but like outside of the maze, there's just, just giant cliffs. And people are just laughing at him the entire time. Just like maniacal laughs. And he's just running through, like trying to spare, like uh, trying to survive and like fight this guy off just to run away again. And he finds his way out the other end. Okay. And he like tries to defend himself and can't. And his buddy is sitting with the king just laughing at him. And I'm like, what, how did he even, like, how did it get to this? And the Minotaur guy is like about to like, kill him and then he just is like stop i'm a student i'm not even worthy of being killed by you because i'm not even a challenge for you this is just a joke like there's there's no way that i could defend myself 
you know, I do you a dishonor by dying by your hand because you're so much better of a fighter than I am. Uh, and the guy with the Minotaur mask is just like pulls it off and he's just like, I can't kill this guy. He's, he is just a student. He speaks the truth. I've made a new friend this day and like picks him up and hugs him and everyone's just still laughing at him. And apparently the whole thing is uh, the beginning of the like mirth festival for the city where it has to start with them playing the biggest prank ever on a foreigner while all laughing at him and then they go celebrate. And that's kind of this movie in a nutshell. It's so crazy, man. There's so much. I mean, I guess that's the other thing is there is so much crazy shit that it's almost like just like watch it because there's crazy shit. Like when he's on that boat. And uh, was it Caesar? Like with the like eye, you know, like he's got like the false eye and he's like. No, that wasn't Caesar. That was whatever. That's on his way to see Caesar or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To like Just Caesar's the, Island. That or guy's like marry me and he like dresses up in the veil and stuff. Yeah. And all that shit happens in like the span of like 10 minutes on this boat. Uh, and there's like that hostile takeover or whatever. And he just gets his head cut. Like that whole time that that boat shit was happening was like, that was probably where I was the most kind of confused about what was happening. Because it felt like, you know, obviously thinking that it's like a, a story, like just another story in a series of stories. You're like, yeah. oh, okay. But then it was intercutting the scenes of like those guys on the land on that island that like impale that woman. I don't know. There's all that. the soldiers and then they're like chanting and then it could cut back to the boat. I'm like, how are these things related? And then it was started showing scenes of the guy who kills himself. Yeah. Like there's all of these different things kind of happening at once. And I was like, what is going anyway? I think we've kind of belabored. Yeah. The point. It's a weird, the movie. more that we talk about it, the more I'm like, see it guys. Yeah. See it. See it just so we can discuss it. it it's yeah. a, it's definitely a think piece. I'll go finish watching it because I didn't get I didn't get to finish it. I watched like two thirds of it, but I kind of want to watch the version that you're watching because I feel like your subtitles are better than mine. It's really shitty quality though. Anyway, speaking of think pieces, the next movie that we're going to talk about is an animated feature film by the name of Food Fight. Hmm. What is this movie? You might be asking yourself. Well. It is a CGI animated film starring uh, Charlie Sheen. Hilary Duff. Hilary Duff is a voice. Eva Longoria is a voice. Christopher Lloyd. Christopher Lloyd. Wayne Brady. Um, Chris Kattan. Larry Miller. And Chris Kattan? The, li- the list goes on. Yeah, he's the penguin. Okay, go on. Anyways, there's all these people in it, and you think to yourself, well, why haven't I seen it? And it's because it looks like a knockoff episode of Reboot. No, I can one-up you on that. What it looks like is 1995 and earlier, late-night YTV short circuits, which were those animated shorts of, like, uh, one of those, like, water ducks or whatever going through a bunch of rooms or, like, weird Escher-esque things that they animated. And it was, like, as a kid, I was just so used to seeing them. I saw each one probably, like, hundreds and hundreds of times. Yeah, yeah. But, like, I was just a dumb kid watching TV. So it was just like, oh, this is a normal thing. But looking back, I'm just like, what the fuck? It's, like, as if or, or like when MTV or much music IDs that when, they would when, show. When uh, 3D animation first came out and mm-hmm. movie theaters would had that, like feature presentation mm. you know the little screen that they do yeah where it was like just 
it would be a figure sliding across something as if they were walking, but not actually moving yeah. in 3D. Yeah, they couldn't do like, and joints were separated. Like it was like ball and socket yeah. joints that like weren't all connected. So all these things we're describing, this movie is worse than all of those things. <laughs> okay, I got over that much quicker than I thought I was going to. Hmm. The movie itself is brutal but i became absolutely obsessed with it so it's almost like a poor man's um sausage party so yeah poor man's sausage party because it takes place in a uh, grocery store and all the characters rather than being food like sausage party although so there's some similarities with sausage party where like the asian noodles or whatever the asian food are like asian characters the bagels are jewish Etc. Mm. And they almost to a not almost definitely to an offensive extent in the case of food fight. I well, seen well no, but in sausage, sausage party as well, but yeah. intentionally offensive. Right. But in this film, it's rather than food, they have um, mascots. Mascots, yeah. So like Mr. Clean is in it. Uh, Betty Crocker is in it. Uh, the the tuna guy, fuck Sam Charlie 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 Tuna is in it. There's uh, apparently, like, I think 19 different mascots, like, mm-hmm. of actual mascots in the film. And the reason... Well, I'll, I'll go into some things here because I, like, researched the shit out of this movie. I became obsessed with it. Yeah, I, I did some research myself. But I will say now, just because it's really the only thing I can think of, there was one joke that was kind of a running joke that I thought was funny. What's that? In the whole movie. And it's such a, like, stupid joke. People keep spilling stuff on Mr. Clean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that was, and like he doesn't, I mean, he doesn't say anything about it. Yeah. Like he'll just be like in a scene and somebody will spill something on him. And even though the animation is terrible and you can't even really tell in some cases that somebody's spilling something on him, he's always just like wearing all white and somebody will like spill or something will drip on him and he just always holds up his hands and looks really angry. Like he's just like, ah, like come on. And I was just like, "Ah, that's pretty good. People are constantly getting slimed uh uh-oh style in this this movie as well. Uh, So just real quick, the movie is about a... Um, mascot that doesn't actually exist and I'll tell you why they use mascots that didn't exist to star in the film later uh, this dog character who's supposed to be a cereal box character who is a detective whose girlfriend disappears which is not central to the plot really <laughs> until later but really it's about how there's a new brand coming into the supermarket that wants to take over all the other brands mm-hmm. uh, modeled after Nazi lot, Germany. lot of Nazi, a uh, lot of Nazi parallels, a lot of Nazi parallels, just like all sorts of weird shit. And there's, it's like, a, it's very obviously a kid's film, like very obviously a child's film, but so much sexual innuendo. Yeah. And just gross, stupid, like, it's just, I don't even know how to describe the bad qualities because well, it's just like bad. So like, hold on. The, the bad qualities are also the things that I love. So Christopher Lloyd's character. Oh man, the first time that you see him. His walk. Yeah. Like what? <laughs> they, they kind of explain it later on, but the entire film, I'm like, they better, like I, I knew it was going to be some sort of men in black style shit where like there's like something's controlling him or whatever. Yeah. But like 
it was so weird the way he like trapes around and his eyes were like all it was like almost like a character from that Fellini movie his yeah. eyes were just like all over the place who knew what the fuck was going on but one another moment I really liked so the the characters drink milk in place of alcohol and right. one of the mascots is a sea captain who is a mascot for sea salt chips and gets like super drunk at the bar and they're like oh he's just chip faced yeah <laughs> there was a lot of those there was a lot of those yeah uh, oh i could go on so interesting points about this film okay it was production started in 2002 which which by the way was like the same was a year after finding nemo yeah so and, there's no excuse and a year before something else well let me get there though yeah the film finally came out in 2012, mm -hmm. which is the same year as Wreck-It Ralph. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, it was directed and written by the producer of such films as True Lies and the Mortal Kombat series. He, he demanded that he uh, direct this film while never having directed a animated film or any film for that matter. Uh, oh, sorry. <laughs> there are 80 references to actual products in this movie. Cool. You're only 61 off. Yeah. Now, here's the interesting thing. The reason why, because the original idea was that the characters in the film were actually going to be real product characters. Mm -hmm. The reason why they didn't do that is because they thought they could parlay the characters in this product film place, into placement. actual products. Right. And they thought it was going to be like the next fucking big the, thing. The way to do it. Yeah. Now, the reason why it turns out turned out so shitty is about four or five years. No, no, sorry. Three or four years into production. Uh, they had a $65 million budget, by the way. About three or four years into production, the hard drives got stolen. <laughs> and they had, wow. to, they had to start again from scratch, from zero. So... They had all the audio and stuff, but they had to like scrape together the three animation with no money. And so that's what we got. But speaking of 3D animation, the reason why it looks so hollow is they found this company. Again, you can tell that I'm obsessed with this film. They, <laughs> they found this company that was doing mocap before. I mean, and you got to keep in mind, this was like before Lord of the Rings and, and Andy Serkis and all that shit, right? So they're doing 2002. Wasn't Lord of the but I saw Lord of the Rings when I was in high school, which would have been like around that time. Whatever, regardless, yeah, mocap, uh, early mocap. Let's see, yeah, probably around that time. Because like I saw the Fellowship when I was in grade ten. No. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, that sounds about right. Hold on, let me think about this. Which would have been 10, 14, 16 years ago. Sixteen years ago. Oh. Whatever. Anyway, so the oh oh I, here's so what they were doing was they were um, trying to fully motion capture people's facial expressions onto um, these characters, animated characters uh, that look nothing like the the people that they were whatever. But the the new technology they were using wasn't exactly sussed out yet. Mm. So the people who were doing the the motion capture had to keep their face totally still, 
<laughs> right? Not not totally still. Like they could make facial expressions, but they couldn't turn their head to the side or anything like that. Like it only had to be head on. So you'll notice when someone's talking to somebody, their heads don't move. Like their their mouths and like eyes and facial expressions change, but they don't look to the left or the right. And they had to add that in afterwards. So when people turn in the film, it's like <laughs> and for the listener, I turn my entire body with keeping my head straight forward. And that's exactly what the movie's like. Um, the r- initial idea for the film when they first created it in 2002 was that it was going to be like a squash and stretch type animation, like uh, Bugs Bunny or something where characters get flattened and yeah. it was all zany. And after they lost the footage, they're like, fuck that we're going to motion cap that's when they went to motion capture to try and save some money fuck that we're going to motion capture forget about the squash and stretch we lost all the uh, you'd think that motion capture at that time might have been more expensive than just paying people to just sit there and do it anyway clearly it wasn't because they made that decision yeah so knowing that does make me it gives me like two to three percent more sympathy oh but it's still total shit there's no yeah like i i feel if you've ever watched stephen colbert's show and you've seen they send stuff off to like a Taiwanese animation studio. Oh yeah, to do with like the news thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are better than this movie. Yeah, it, it's bad. It's crazy. It's really bad. The storyline though is like unreal. They're just like sex and Nazis, <laughs> but at the same time, fully trying to be a child's film. Yeah, like for small children. Yeah, it's pretty weird. And oh, oh. Another thing, apparently um, a bunch of uh, consumer advocacy groups uh, railed against this movie because... So much product placement in a children's film? Yes, exactly. I mean, the product placement itself wouldn't have been a problem if if the film wasn't meant to be directed towards children. So... But it is it was a doozy, man. It is something to behold. Now, what I would say is you don't necessarily need to watch the entire film just watch the uh preview you know the the theatrical trailer the, uh. it's interesting though cuz i saw some uh if you look at some of the stills from the film like I, apparently they have like uh, screen caps of the original footage before it uh got stolen and some of it looks really cool like the the um ketchup bottle tanks like that whole scene where they're all lined up like that there's a still of it, and it looks amazing. Hmm. But and, and it's. I wonder what happened to those. I wonder if those hard drives got wiped, or if there's somebody out there that's just sitting on some crazy. Or maybe like they knew they weren't gonna like it. Still kind of looked like shit. Like I feel like there's some like we. You know when someone burns their house stuff? down to like get money. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that was like just some, you know, someone trying to like make <laughs> excuses because it. There's no excuse for how this movie turned out. And it's so... It's, it's I feel really bad, bad for the actors who attach their names to this film. But, but, but... So we've talked a lot about all this stuff. What did you like about this movie? That Mr. Clean joke. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> that, no, but like for real, like I... Uh, I didn't like it. <laughs> I couldn't find I couldn't find anything to love Koji. I there was some I funny tried. stuff though, like unintentionally funny stuff when they're when they're fighting on the uh, shopping cart. Okay. We're like, oh, oh man, where he rides in on that like two liter bottle of pop to save his buddy, but like why does it fly? 
There's literally no explanation. I, I, it makes more sense once the cap comes off and like the um, the the what's the bubbles fizz? Yeah, but what what, what do you carbonation. call the carbonation? Like shoots out so like it could fly away. That makes sense. But how does he fly in on it to begin with? Explain that to me. It was in food fight. Yeah, <laughs> I don't, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. just like a the lot Asian of Asian like, dragon. Oh yes. Awesome. And let's not forget that Wayne Brady's character is a chocolate squirrel, oh. which uh, makes me think of, was that Anchorman? When Champ at the beginning of Anchorman is just like, I literally shit a squirrel. And then <laughs> Brick's like, I think I ate your chocolate squirrel. <laughs> You're like, what the fuck? There's also um, a lot of innuendo, like almost... Yeah. racism when it comes yeah. to the chocolate Mel- squirrel yeah when he said well or like this sums up kind of the humor in the movie when he brings his hot date and he's like oh let's get out of here and then she says something about like yeah melts in your mouth not in your hand or something like that like she's holding and i was just like whoa that's <laughs> that's a pretty uh, yeah. That's a pretty racy thing to say in a kid's movie. And that's, but that's like consistent. That's not like, one yeah, or two there, places. There, there's also a lot of like once you go black type deals. Oh, yeah. Fuck. Going on there. Jeez Louise. It was. Oh, brother. Yeah. <laughs> it was, it was not good. I mean, I had, I, you know admit, what? Though? I had a really hard time if, with this one. If you are a so good it's bad type person, again, this, oh, you would love it. Yeah. This is one of those, like, because I, I enjoyed it. For all the wrong reasons, yeah, because it it's like it's it's definitely cringeworthy a, a lot of the time. And this was also one that my roommate, the people, she was actually she started watching it with me, and yeah. she lasted about three and a half minutes. The humans in this film, because humans do show up at a point, look like garbage pail kids. <laughs> you know, they just like don't. I don't know. It's so strange. But there's oddly a lot of parallels between this film and Sausage Party. To the point where like I You wonder if they saw a food fight and they're like, let's do this. Oh, the they right definitely way. saw a food fight. There's almost no question around they must have seen this film. And I I threw in a Google, I'm like, Sausage Party food fight. Nothing comes up. Then I'm like, Sausage Party versus Food Fight. Maybe someone's done a comparison. Nothing has come up. I can't believe this. It's unbelievable to me. Are you thinking what I'm thinking? You gotta love it special. (laughs) Food fight versus sausage party. Sausage fight. Sausage fight. And we'll just do, it'll be our first video segment. We'll do like a a half hour comparison. Okay, you dress up like, what's the dog's name? Dex, I think. Dex the dog, who also happens to dress up like Indiana Jones. But is a detective? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah <laughs> that is one thing i remember thinking at one point in the movie even though you are introduced to him in the indiana jones outfit when he's like he's like i gotta go do some detective work or whatever you know like dex is back and he like is wearing that like white tux and the hat yeah like why not a trench coat and like a- he looks like spy versus spy kind of and then and then he just like changes out to do his detective work, but he's dressed like Indiana Jones and Raiders of the Lost Ark. And I was just like, "Mm, all right, whatever makes you feel comfortable when you're sleuthing, man. But that's pretty fucking... At least the chocolate squirrel was finally able to do that loop-to-loop. Yeah, that's true. 
It's key. Didn't stall midair. Yeah. Wow, though. Wow. <laughs> it's not good. When those planes start flying out of that girl's vagina, it's like crazy. They don't actually fly out of, out of her vagina, but the way the That's f- what it looks like. Film is seen. Have uh, you seen framed? the video game uh, Five Nights at Freddy's? Yes. Do the mascots in Five Nights at Freddy's kind of remind you of the characters in this movie, sort of? Could you see... Yeah. Could you see like a Five Nights in Food Fight? That's why this. That's why I said this episode is kind of nightmare fuel, because there's like a lot of stuff in it where it was just like, whether it's Satyricon or Food Fight, where you're just kind of like, ugh, herky-jerky anime. The weasel, like the weasel character. Oh my God. Wow. And it... You can tell with the weasel character that they tried to do the whole squash Washing and stretch. stretch thing. When that wrecking ball falls on his head. Yeah. And he's like, the pain. She is my... My mistress My, or my friend or something. Yeah. And then it like just stops like ding on his head. But yeah. like there's no like nothing to really indicate what's happening. <sighs> like it's supposed to be like Looney Tunes. And then he's like... And then he gets crushed and he's just like, I need new friends. I was like, oh, okay. Oh man, that opening scene where he's fighting those like rodents... The hairless, hairless hamsters or whatever, and they run off of the. Oh yeah, off of the. Like that's a perfect opening for what this movie is going to be. They run off this balloon, and you can tell they're trying to do like a Looney Tunes thing where they're like in the air, but like somehow they're still moving. Yeah, you know what I mean, as if they're flying. Like it doesn't. It's okay. Anyway, I, I feel like we're wasting time just going over this because. Both see of these films, yourself. you have to see. One, <laughs> <laughs> one for 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 like academic purposes, and the other just like you wonder if how, you can. You wonder how the movie exists and why it costs forty five or sixty five million dollars to make. If you can, wait until the second presidential presidential debate and sandwich it between these two movies. Watch Food Fight before. No, I'm sorry. Watch. Yeah, Food Fight before. Then watch The Debate. And then watch The Tyrakon. And uh, good luck sleeping for the next couple weeks. Uh, recommendations? Recommend... What? All right, so recommendations for the week are as follows. I've been reading this series of books. I'm on the second one right now, but I'm uh, really digging it. Thanks to uh, our buddy Carson suggested, and my buddy Dave at work, actually. He suggested it first, and I wasn't listening to him. Uh, the Mistborn series, which uh, the first book is called The Final Empire. And it's about these, it's, a, it's about a system ruled by a god or what they think is a god, this guy who's basically lived forever. And there's uh, two classes of people. There's the upper class uh, socialites, and then there's essentially slaves. And they're like almost two different races of people. And uh, some of the socialites will occasionally have relations with the slaves, and then the babies are supposed to be disposed of. But every once in a while, a baby gets through, and sometimes they have, like, the socialites have powers, and sometimes the babies themselves get these powers as well. So usually the power is uh, they ingest a metal and then can use that metal to do certain things. So, like, one of them will enhance your senses, 
One of them allows you to pull metal towards you. One of them allows you to push metal away from you. This sounds like a great video game. Oh. Like if if the guys that did Bioshock, Bioshock 2 and Bioshock Infinite are looking for some new source material. Yeah. Oh, it's perfect. Uh, one of them makes you stronger. Uh, one of them allows you to, uh, to detect whether someone else is burning these metals or using these abilities. And another one allows you to hide yourself from people. Anyways, there's all sorts of different metals and combinations. But generally speaking, the people who have these powers can only do one. And every once in a while, you know, someone is born that can use them all. So it's either you get one ability or you have them all or you get none. And it's about this, this band of thieves who are of the slave class who have kind of escaped slavery and now live as thieves. And they come up with this uh, plan to overthrow the empire. But they're trying to figure out how to kill this god who's been alive for hundreds and hundreds of years. And that's book one, essentially. I won't spoil what happens because it doesn't play out exactly as you would suspect. That sounds like something that I'd be into. Oh, it's great. Does it play out like ravenous? No... Without the cannibalism? It's weird. Let me just put it that way. It's weird. And the second book is great as well. I'm I'm powering my way through it. I I read the first one in like a week and a half. Uh, And now I'm powering my way through the second one. There's six, I think, in this series. Or four. Well, it's weird. There's five, but there's also a three and a 3.5. Weird. That sounds like maybe the guy writing it or the, the man or woman writing it. Yeah used to write comics because that's some like comic shit right there. Yeah. Or maybe like the 3.5 is just a novella. I'm not sure. I don't know. Who knows? I'm not sure. Well, I'm sure Carson knows. He's probably read them all because he said the end of the series and it has an ending already apparently is like he described it as one of the most satisfying endings he's ever read. That's a pretty glowing endorsement. Yeah. I'm just biding time until the new uh, uh, Expanse. Expanse novel comes out in November. So yeah, I don't even want to. Ooh, I recommend sleep for you, Andrew. Yeah, that was a vicious out of nowhere yawn right out of left field. I don't even want to talk about Game of Thrones because that's like a I'll be waiting. You know, who is knows? It, is that a hidden gem? No. Oh wait, my recommendation. You mean? Yeah. No, I just meant in terms of series that you're waiting for. There's still like two more books that are supposed to come out. Eh. This, the TV show's already passed them. Yeah. Who the fuck knows? Who the fuck knows? George R. R. Martin seems to, and he's just keeping it from all of us. Anyway, I don't uh, think he. Know, I, I think he has no idea. He's like reading fan theories and being like, "Oh, that's a good one. We'll use that." What can I? You know, because I don't have my notes in front of me and my phone is dead. I'm just trying to think of what my recommendation was or what it could be. I'm gonna do music. What have I been listening to lately? Um, the new against me. Pretty great. The new every time I die. I'm trying to think of something that would fit with the sort of nightmarish tone of this episode. Who the fuck knows? Okay, I'm going to go in a completely different direction. I'm going to do something to soothe the listeners after listening to us yell about these movies and potentially after having viewed them themselves. I want to buy you the soundtrack for for Satyricon on vinyl. I might not hate that, to be honest with you. It's pretty weird. Yeah, but like put that shit on while I'm like painting or whatever, you know, like it might be like atmospheric enough. Shad, Shad K. Talking a lot about Shad K recently. The 
uh, I guess now ex-host of Q. I don't know if he's still doing it. Yeah, just performed at Elise's gallery. He just performed there? Yeah. Like a show, like a shad show? Well, it was, you know, the the lady who does like the throat singing on the... Uh, yeah, her name's uh, like Tanya Takak or something. Yeah, on, on the Tribe Called Red. Yeah. So she was at the gallery doing a thing and uh, she, and like Shad busted in and like did a thing with her. Well, I wish I had known about that because what I'm going to recommend is Shad's most recent release, which is like a side, I don't want to call it a side project because it's like a full album. I don't mm-hmm. know if, I don't know how to refer to it basically. Just another undertaking. It's called Your Boy Tony Braxton and it is great i actually it's grown on me a lot more than the first time i heard it and what i would compare it to get ready koji because this might be another one of those oh, i'm going to compare it to something that Little bits. um dev hines the the producer slash musician uh slash creator of ketchup no oh. unfortunately it's spelled a different way h-y-n-e-s uh his, his current sort of ongoing project is called Blood Orange. This is what most people would recognize him as Blood Orange or just de- featuring Dev Hines. Like he does a lot of production for, you know, a lot of pop music, a lot of dark pop music. Pretty talented guy, but he had another project called Lightspeed Champion, which mm-hmm. was kind of like, I don't know. I, I The way I describe both of these is like guys who are very talented at doing a variety of different types of music you know like shad plays guitar he raps yeah um but primarily tend to do sort of more a more urban type of music okay if you will venturing into more of an almost classic r&b indie rock kind of area it's weird it's that's that's like really the only way to explain it it almost sounds like him like lightspeed champion sounded like just like a black guy with dreads doing almost like emo music. Like he would have fit right in on a tour with like the, you know, the format or something. Okay. Kind of. And then, so this is kind of the like a format logical, you say, well, that was just sort of what popped into my head. So, you know what I'm talking about? That paints a picture. Yeah. This is kind of a similar thing, but like, it's a little bit more polished. I like it more personally than Lightspeed champion. I would say that Lightspeed Champion is the, even though it preceded it by several years, the poor man's your boy, Tony, Tony Braxton. Mm-hmm. But anyway, the album just came out, um, I think probably a month, maybe even a month or two ago now. Um, but it's great. It's like nice, smooth listening. Again, maybe we can, as usual, cue up a track. And, uh, you know, if you also, if you don't listen to Shad, fucking check out some Shad too while you're at it. Real quick. Total, totally different. Before we go, and maybe in next episode I will queue up a track. But my band is coming out of hiatus. And Even I didn't know that. Yeah, we're playing a show at Sneaky D's. What? October twentieth. So if you guys are in the Toronto area and want to check out a show Thursday, October twentieth. No, no, the Maladies. Maladies. The Maladies of Adam Stokes. I was like, wait, what do you mean? Well, everyone's been having kids and popping out babies and sure. shit. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, that makes sense. But I was just kind of like, I was like, sneaky D's. And Wait. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and we got some new tracks that uh, I'm not allowed to put out, but maybe I'll put one on the next episode anyways, because fuck y'all. I'll be there. All y'all. Uh, sweet. Speaking of next episode, I'm thinking mm-hmm. the hidden gem mm-hmm. is a little movie by the name of Swiss Army Man. 
Great. And the You Gotta Love It is a lesser known film called, I think it's called Independence Day Resurgence. Ooh, yeah. Or something. That's great. I'm down with both of those. I wish we got to start doing this video because the way that you pitched, you threw the that last like one minute of speech, yeah. the way that you were like, it was as if you're on camera, like a news anchor, like you were just like, or like a talk show host. Like it was so perfect. You were just like Swiss, Swiss army man. Yeah. Well, and we hadn't, we hadn't discussed this further. So I was like, uh, I was like, eh? I was giving Andrew the, like, eh, eh? Come like, on. as he said it, yeah. seeing if I was into it. I'm into both. Yeah, I haven't seen either, and I want to see both, to be honest. So, yeah, that's that- right. I said that I wanted to see the new Independence Day. Well, today is our Independence Day. So, whatever. Yeah. So, we're going to do that. Check them out. Follow along if you want. Yeah. Uh, and as always, reach out to us on social media. Go to our website. Give us some suggestions. Loveitpod.com, at loveitpod on social media, all the social medias. And mailbag at loveitpod.com for the electronic mail. Yeah, hit us up. I don't know if you guys can hear my little my little bells ringing, but I'm He's wearing, wearing an elf, elf shoes. Suit. Well, the whole suit. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I'm barely hanging on here. Hanging on very, very, very thin thread. Okay, good night, everybody. See you next time. Pew, pew, pew.